Hi, I'm Karen Freeland, the author of The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. And you can find that on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And uh, we're going to just talk a little bit about my story today. So hi, everyone. This is Jenny. Welcome to my podcast. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for I'm having me. I'm so happy me. to have you here in person. This is me such too. a treat. I love Miami. It's great to be back. Yeah. Yeah, because you, this was your home for, for a bit. Yes, for two years after college. That's amazing. I mean, is there a better place to live after college than Miami? No. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, yeah, we'll get into all of that. Yes. Um, but for to just dive in. So I've said this to you privately, but I want to say it in public. When I first saw the title of this book, I was nervous and a little bit like, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into? But I had so much fun reading your book. Yay! And it is so, I feel like you're my BFF now. We are, basically. (laughs) You know everything about my life. (laughs) I know everything about you. And yeah, you've, I can't believe that you were able to share so much and and so many heavy things in a way that's so light and, um, but yet poignant. Like we really connect with you um, in this book. And it wasn't always easy to share these things. And you know, there were moments where I was like, am I really gonna tell people this? And my (laughs) husband was like, are you really gonna tell people this? So there was a lot of discussions had ahead of time. Um, But we really, once I read the book all the way through, I was like, I cannot hold this back from people. They need to read this. This is going to enrich their lives in ways that I can't even imagine. So it was just like, I have to do it. I'm being, you know, my intuition is calling me. I agree. You know, we talk about um, the necessary aspect of having a sisterhood. Mm. And this book really took me to that. It reminded me why Mm. I crave for those special moments with my girlfriends, for those moments where we just get to sit down and talk nonsense or just chill or really talk about heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So and I'm hoping that the book is really opening up those conversations and making it okay to talk about some things that might seem a little bit taboo, because that was a big driver for me writing the book was I felt alone. I felt like my body was the only one having certain reactions or not performing in certain ways. And I felt frustrated and broken and like I was missing out on life. And then you find out, oh, everybody else is actually having the same problem that you're having. And you're like, are you serious? Like, why did I not know about this? Why aren't we talking about this? That's so true. I mean, uh, going through life, you know, as being a woman, it's it's very complex. There's so much, you know, Mm -hmm. that happens to our bodies, Mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, motherhood, you know, all that stuff. And yeah, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but let's start at the beginning. Okay. When did you first decide you were going to do this? Yeah. So I write about it in chapter 30, all lubed up with nowhere to go, (laughs) but I was pregnant seven months or so with my son. And I went to the OB, figuring she was just going to do a normal ultrasound, be like, you're good, see you later. And she started talking to me about how you need to prepare your body for the birth. And I'm like, I got this. I'm in a Lamaze class. Like, (laughs) I know what I'm doing. Don't worry. And she's like, no, you need to put some olive oil 
and rub it on your vulva to basically stretch yourself out so that you don't tear during birth. And I was like, my doctor didn't tell me that. I know. Yeah, this is apparently not common knowledge. Some doctors do, some don't. So I'm like, you want me to put olive oil where? Like, I'm not doing that. You're crazy. And I just <laughs> like left the appointment. And V being V, who is my vagina, she is a character in the book. Which is genius, by the way. Thank you. I love that, that approach. Because yes. it, was, it was funny and you could really get deep into it, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> in a way that was like interesting and refreshing. Yeah. So V was like bored one Friday night and thought we should give this a try because, you know, she doesn't want to tear. So we're like, okay. So go into the bathroom, bring the olive oil, light some candles. And, you know, I won't spoil it for you. You got to read the book. But basically it was a disaster. And there was like olive oil flying everywhere. And I wasn't getting on me. And I don't know. I gave up and my husband came home and was like, what the hell happened in the bathroom and why is there olive oil in there? So after explaining, it was his idea to write the book. And he said, you Great. you should call it I Don't Know My Vagina because it's clear you don't know how this thing works. And I was like, that's so dumb. Who would read a book about my vagina? What would I even write? What would I say? But that seed was planted. And over the next I don't know, month or so, I was like, oh my gosh, what about that time that happened to my vagina or that thing that I did with my vagina or whatever? And there were all these stories popping up in my head. I was like, I think you're onto something. I think I have a book here. So I started writing and, you know, I would say the rest is history, but I actually took almost a 10-year hiatus because I went back to work after maternity leave and life got in the way, chasing the paychecks got in the way. My ambitions, you know, were high and I got sucked back into that corporate life and totally forgot about it for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. How do you forget about a dream? I mean, that's like how full my brain was with all of the chasing the paychecks and the titles and the whole corporate gig. Um, And I just was like, you know what? At 2019, I had a full on midlife crisis and I just looked at my life and I was like, I am not happy. This is not for me. What am I doing? But what do I do? Like, like what would I do if I weren't a B2B marketer? And I just could not see outside of that until I was watching The Secret and I just had this epiphany. Oh my gosh, my memoir. It's still sitting on my laptop. I forgot about that. I was like, I'm going to finish it. And from that point to launch, it was about two years and I got really, really serious about finishing it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. What a journey. Mm. And the fact that your husband was the one that said, hey, you should, you know. Well, and when he was like, I don't know if you should do this now, or he would have second thoughts, I was like, this was your idea. (laughs) I didn't sign up for this initially. But he's been such a good sport and so supportive of everything. So I can't thank him enough. How did he react when you first said, oh, I'm reviving this. This is happening. Yeah. It was mixed. Like, I think there was a part of him that was like, yeah, okay, you started this 10 years ago. We'll see if you really do or not. And there was a part of him that was like, okay, you are so miserable. And I see how upset you are and how much you, you know, you've lost like that spunk and that happiness that you used to have, that glow when I was, you know, living in Miami and acting and doing all the fun stuff. 
So I think part of him was like, yes, please find something that makes you happy. You know, you need a hobby. You need something to be doing. Two moments were like, I don't understand why you need to tell people this. I don't understand why you need to share this much of your story. Like, can't you just leave some of these things out? And, you know, we had to have some honest conversations about why this was pivotal or why these stories were important. And, you know, he was like, fine, just change my name. (laughs) I was like, cool. (laughs) So we changed everybody in my family got to pick their own name for the book. Yep. And my son, it was so funny the other day because we're in the car and he's like, "I'm, I'm just really frustrated. And I'm like, about what? And he's like... I can't believe I picked the name Ricky for my name in your book. And I was like, really? He's so funny. That was his yeah. concern. Yeah. His name. Yeah. Oh so he goodness. wished he picked something else. But I'm like, oh, that's, that's you were watching a show on Nickelodeon with a character named Ricky at the time. And that's what you picked. So that's what it is. Well, the good thing is not his real name. So he can kind of exactly. like push it aside. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. And. What was your process like once you said, okay, this I'm serious about this. I'm going to write this right. book. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't, I don't know if I had a process. I'd never written a book before. So I didn't really know what I was doing. But I became just like I was at work, right, where I was a workaholic. I became a writeaholic. So at the beginning, it was hard because I didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I would set a timer for like 15 minutes. You and were I, still in your regular in corporate. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And I would tell my kids and my husband, everybody like, mommy needs 15 minutes to go write this book. So just let me go upstairs and bang out half a chapter or whatever. And then I'd come downstairs and then the next day I'd do it. 15 minutes, 15 minutes. And then suddenly like they didn't come and get me after the timer went off. So I was like, I'm just going to hang out for like another th- 15 minutes and it got longer and longer and longer to the point where I started delegating stuff at work and being like, nope, I'm going to write during the day and I'm going to write at night. And at first, I didn't even know that I was going to publish it. You know what I mean? Like I kind of was just like, I said I was going to do this 10 years ago. I'm going to give it the old college try and actually follow through on something. I called my cousin who was an English teacher. He was about 50 at the time. She's about 10 years older than me. And I was like, hey, do you want to make some money? I was like, I'll pay you if you help edit my book. And he was like, okay, I'm not taking your money. I am not an editor. He's like, but I will, like, he's like, send me the book. Like, what's it about? I don't know. Like, same thing, same reaction. Like, what am I getting myself into with this title? So he starts reading it, stays up all night, reads it on his cell phone, like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Text me in the morning. He's like, oh my gosh, I stayed up all night reading it. He's like, I love it. You're going to be famous. You're going to be on Oprah someday. Yes, I believe it. Your your voice as a writer is so unique mm. because um, I, I love reading memoirs because I'm nosy, right? Like I want to know everything. I want to know what lessons you've learned that I could mm-hmm. take for myself. That's just the way I approach it. And yours is... I, Honestly, I was astounded. You are so funny. You are refreshing. But like I just told you earlier, you tackle these huge topics. Like, for example, miscarriage. Mm -hmm. You know, in a way where I can feel the empathy and I can see the pain that you and your husband went through. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I see the bigger picture, Mm -hmm. you know. And I feel like that's so difficult to accomplish as a writer. 
So I totally agree with that. You're, That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that feedback. It's so good to hear. And like, especially from people who don't know you, because sometimes I feel like people who know me have to say, oh, I love the book. Yeah. But then when you have somebody who really has never met you before, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, this was so good. This, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the best feeling. Right. And the other thing, which we'll just get out there um, now, this was self-published, which yes. I want to talk about that journey too, yeah. um, down the our conversation. But there's, and I don't mean to be judgmental, but when you see a book that's been self-published, it's usually not the best, you know? Yes. Sometimes, sometimes they are not cared um, for the way they need to be. Right. And that's not to say that books that have like an official publisher, the best. Right. Usually there's like a little bit of a guarantee that the book has been through the paces, so chances are you're you're in for a good ride. This book is... Amazing. You don't need a publisher. I put a lot of money into this. Yes. Because I really wanted it to be that good. I'm like, a book like this could go sideways fast. I mean, we could go down some bad rabbit holes and it could could get ugly. So I wanted to keep it classy. I wanted to keep it funny. And I just felt like once my cousin helped me do some editing, it was good enough to finally get it in front of an editor or an agent. And I was introduced to this guy, Gary Krebs, fantastic editor. He signed on to the project. And then we got a process. We got serious about how we were going to get the book done. And he helped me create a map, like an outline for what is uh, what is the the arc of the story? Like, Mm -hmm. what's the problem? What are you trying to achieve? What is this outline going to look like chapter by chapter? Who's your target market? Like things that I wasn't thinking about. Like, right, yeah, you're going to write a book, but then who are you going to sell it to? Right. Who's going to want to buy it? So I had to really think about those things. Like, oh, it's a perfect baby shower gift or it's the perfect wedding shower gift. And like, just think out of the box a little bit. And then we basically started at the beginning and we just went chapter by chapter. And I would send him my first edits. He would review it, send it back. I'd make my edits based on his. We'd have a dialogue if I didn't agree on something. And then, yeah, we'd, and then we would just, you know, come to an agreement and be like, okay, that chapter's done. Next. That's awesome. Yeah. And we did that for 40 some chapters. There's some that were cut because it was just too much. And he was like, okay, we got to wrap this story up. I'm like, (laughs) I could never talk about my vagina forever, Um, which is weird, but I could. So, yeah, here we are, 40, 40 chapters later. Yeah. But it's an easy read, isn't it? Don't you think? It's so easy, especially because it's so enjoyable. Yeah. I feel like it's, um, you know, it's, it really, you really see the, you know, womanhood mm-hmm. and the fact that V is her own character. I She's so representative of what we go through as women, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes is not so gracious and glamorous and fun, you know? No. A lot of things happen that doesn't really get talked about. And we think it's we're in it by ourselves. And yep. all every other woman's going like, oh, wait, that happened right. to me. You know? Yeah, there was like uh, one chapter in the beginning I talk about when I'm like seven years old and sort of first having that tingling sensation mm-hmm. down there and being like, oh my, what is this? I don't know. <laughs> but like instantly knowing that I'm probably doing something wrong or feeling like I'm doing something that wrong. Shame. Yes. Yeah. And 
I was like, what are people going to think of me? Maybe I should take this out of the book. But I have gotten so much feedback on that chapter about how other people did that. Or like one woman was like, I used to like lay on the floor and like squirm around. And my mom was like, it's not appropriate to do that in front of your father. <laughs> like go to your room, you know, or like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is relatable. Like I'm not a unicorn. And I think that's yeah. what we get in our heads. Like. I'm the weird one. I'm the only one this is happening to. And it's like, mm, chances are if it's happening to you, it's happening to, you know, 100,000 other people in the world. Exactly. No, I totally agree with that. Um, so once you have this book ready to mm -hmm. go, how did you make that decision to say goodbye to corporate? Mm, good question. So... About halfway through the writing, once that last two years where I really picked it back up, um, the universe had other plans for me and I got laid off from my job. <gasps> yeah, I know. How could they let me go? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was such a beautiful thing. It right. really was. And, you know, I won't say it didn't sting when yeah. like, I fantasized about getting laid off. Like, that's how boring I am. Like, that, that, those are, like, my fantasies. Like, please lay me off. Like, I want a severance package, and I just want to ride off into the sunset and do my own thing. And when the call actually came in, I knew it was coming. I was prepared for it. And my boss at the time said, I have some bad news for you. And I go, no, you don't. You have the best news ever. And he's like, okay, I have great news for you. I'm like, yes, you do. He's like, you're, you're done. And I was like, okay. So, but I got off the phone and just that initial sting of, of like being let go was like, oh, so I was like, all right, kids, we're going out for margaritas and we're going for tacos. So we went out. Yep. We went like, this is my new life. We're going to do this. And so then about the last year before I published it was when I was really a full-time writer and doing some consulting on the side just to keep finances yeah. afloat and have the money to pay for, you know, the marketing and all the stuff that I needed to do and the production of the book. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. But it was, it sat once the book was fully done and we got through the final, final editing process. And it was like, okay, you have everything you need to go and put this book out. I panicked. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can tell people this stuff. I don't know if I can actually share it. And it was really, really hard for me. And fortunately, I had a coach of my own and she really helped me come to a decision about what I wanted to do with the book. And every time I would talk about it, she's like, your eyes just light up. She was like, you have to go back and watch this recording of our call today. She's Aww. like, just look at yourself when you talk about this book. And I was like, you're right. I'm like, I, I, I have to do this. I owe it to myself, you know, to put it out there. So it would have been out a lot sooner, but, you know, I had my whole, like, <laughs> imposter syndrome moment. And then, yeah, once it once I yeah. said, let's go, we got the cover designed, which Libby Kingsbury did an amazing job putting that together for me. And It's beautiful. Yeah, thank it's you. so artistic. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had some other versions, which I've never shared this on a podcast before. So this is a Miami Lit exclusive. Um, but I had some other versions that were kind of sexy and like the V were like the legs. Oh. And it was kind of like hips and like just... And I loved those designs because I thought they were so elegant and sexy and just beautiful. And ever. And then I really had to like think about it and go, but what screams comedy? Like what screams like different and kind of jumps out at you? And I go, I think people are going to get the wrong idea 
with a sexy cover like that. So I'm like, so we ended up going with this one, and now I'm so glad that we did. It's beautiful. I I think it's, um, yeah. Because even when you look at it from far away, it looks so artistic, like Mm -hmm. a piece of, you know, art. And then you read the title, and you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I get it. Now I get it, yep. (laughs) Yep, and isn't it a piece of work or a piece of art? Like, our bodies are so beautiful and you know the word vagina gets such a bad rap sometimes it's true yeah unfortunately yeah definitely has a uh, a weird stigma to Mm -hmm. it um that i think this book is helping to get rid of for sure thank you what what was some of the the difficult things for you to write about oh for sure um so obviously miscarriage i mean reliving that was like I don't think I've healed. Um, And even writing about it healed me more, but it wasn't until maybe a couple months ago I did a podcast and it was solely focused on my miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And as I was talking through it, I just kind of felt this like feeling inside of me. And it was like overwhelming, emotional, but you know, you're on a podcast, so you're like, I got to keep my shit together. And I don't know if I could say the S word, but um, yes, you can. Okay. (laughs) So I'm like, after I got off the podcast, I was very shaken and like, what is going on? Like, why do I feel this way? And so anyway, we we ended up naming the baby because we had never done that before. So I just, you know, my husband and I just kind of sat down and talked about it. And I was like, I think I need something more like we got to I got to heal myself more from this because even though I wrote about it like I still really haven't talked about it a lot um and I just felt like that needed to be something that we needed to do so that was challenging to go back and and relive those moments in the hospital and you know yeah feeling all the feels right yeah um when the nurse tells you did you bring Mm -hmm. the fetus Mm. that was um I don't know how I felt about it Mm -hmm. I was um sad and offended for you right like what like what did you just put in a bag and bring it to you like an offering what what do you mean I know um but then I mean I get it it's a clinical setting she's doing her job so I kind of like talked myself (laughs) down Mm -hmm. but yeah, you really dive deep into that very, very difficult moment. And that that question mm-hmm. was so heavy. Um, I can only imagine what you both felt like just hearing that, like, so blasé, right? Like, right. did you bring it? Like, um, I would, didn't even know I was supposed to bring it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I think that's one of the most traumatic things for a lot of women who have a miscarriage is what do you do? Right. Do you flush the baby? Do you take it out of the toilet? Do you yeah. bury it? Do you, like, what do you do? I don't know. I don't know what I did. And my decision still, I won't spoil it. You'll have to read the book. Um, but it still haunts me to this day, like, what actually happened and how we mm-hmm. moved on from that moment in the bathroom together with my husband before we went to the hospital. And it's just like, but you can't go back. And I think that's one of the things that my life coaching has taught me and helped me with is like, I cannot change the past. It is the, it is what it is. It, it happened and I can 
honor those moments and I can learn from those moments, but then I got to go forward. I got life to live and things to look forward to. So how do you take that and then learn something from it and go forward? You know, that's yeah how I try to look at things. I also love how much you talk about your marriage. Thank you. Because um, I, I obviously I'm married and um, I think that's just a lot of people, you know, can yep. relate to that. Yep. Um, and yeah, marriage is, is such an interesting side of life, right? Because yeah. you've, you've committed to share the good and the bad with someone else. Um, so I really love how much time you spent discussing your marriage and how fun and awesome your marriage sounds. It sounds Thank you. like you're both um, made for each other, basically. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely match. He is definitely my soulmate. We have had our rocky patches just like any other marriage. Of course. And most of those didn't make it into the book because we weren't doing a lot with my vagina during those patches. <laughs> so there wasn't a lot to talk about. Um, you know, when I was really busy in corporate, like there were times that we just kind of fell away from each other and yeah. felt more like roommates than husband and wife. And, you know, more things we should be talking about because everybody thinks they're going to have this like storybook marriage and it's just going to be fun and easy every single mm-hmm. day. And then when it's not... It's like, do I want to be in this relationship anymore? And so I really had to constantly go back and be why did I fall in love with you in the first place? Like, what were all those things? And then, you know, we've had to really work to rekindle that. Like, over the summer, we did ballroom dancing classes together once a week. That's so fun. It was amazing. And it was like he would put cologne on and he would get dressed up. And I was like, hey, now, you know, like, you never wear cologne. Like, it was a bet. (laughs) It was just so hot, you know. And then we would dance together and go home and other things would unfold and it was just like this amazing romantic night that we looked forward to once a week and it was like in the middle of the week so it was just such a great way to like then go into the weekend but yeah I'm glad that you enjoyed me talking about that because it was funny when I first announced on Facebook that I was writing the book one of my friends from high school called me and goes do you have an open marriage like yeah because she was like what could you possibly be writing about with your vagina when you've been with your husband for so many years. <laughs> um, a lot you could write about because you've had a partner for so right. long. Those are the people that I want to talk to because, I mean, if you made it happen with one person, I, right. I, I, need, I need to know. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just funny that that's kind of where people's minds maybe go. It's like, <laughs> whoa, what is going on in her life? Which, I mean, you do you, but, like, that is not – Right. No, don't sign me up for that. I am hella jealous. There's no freaking way I could do that. No, me neither. I'm way too possessive. Mm -mm. Yeah. I don't don't even like sharing my food. No. Like, no. (laughs) You know how people are like, oh, do you want to bite? No, don't order your own stuff. Yes. Um, Which, okay, it's not completely true. I like sharing my food in restaurants. Okay. But at home, no, no. I hate it. It makes me really irrationally angry. Like, don't touch my plate, right? Oh. Like, there's some issues That's there. That's a fun fact. Right? There's something there. I should, <laughs> I should look into that. But to go back to your point, yes, no, I couldn't, I, I could never, I couldn't. Mm-mm. It's not in my personality. No. No. No way. <laughs> so we're enjoying being monogamous with each other and, you know, we have our moments, yeah. but, you know, we do. We always come back together and it's always right. better than it was before, you know? Yeah, um, there's a I, – maybe I, I could use the word misconception that mm-hmm. marriage should always be 
just happy. Yeah. And no roadblocks, you know. And the minute there's a roadblock, oh, maybe this doesn't work. Right. And although it shouldn't be a lot of work, right, it should be fairly easy flow, you, at least in my opinion, you will have to face some challenges because just yeah. life, right? right? Um, and yeah, I, I think it's normal to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. And I am very lucky. He's such a good partner. Like, he helps out with the kids. Like, he cooks dinner sometimes. You know, like, he, he right. when I was in corporate, he almost always cooked dinner. Now that I have a bigger kitchen, when we moved to South Carolina, I've been getting the more work in the kitchen. But I'm actually turning out to be not such a bad cook, which is good. <laughs> and he loves that. He, like, texted me the other day. He's like, I love when you cook for me. I'm like, Aww. oh, that's cute. So That's so yeah. nice. Just growing together, you know? Yeah, I think there's nothing more exciting than figuring out life mm. with your partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a great and way to put it. Exactly. I just, I mean, life is so complex. So to add someone else into it is so crazy in mm. a, in the best way. Right. Right. Like it's it's just uh, to me such a miracle. Yeah. That this person's like, hey, I'm willing to do it all with you, the yeah. good and the bad. Yeah. Yeah. And the fun and the spicy. I mean, I yeah. do talk about the time we made a sex tape, although we weren't married <laughs> yet, but don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> so but like, funny. you know, like these things that are like, okay, maybe taboo, but like it was so fun. And it was, I mean, it's such a disaster. They, they're they not as glamorous as they as you think they're going to be when you watch it back. But like, you know, it's just <laughs> fun to have these little experiences like, together. Is that what I look like? I know. I'm like, oh, snap. Fast forward. Fast forward. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, that was the one chapter. I didn't tell him about that chapter. So he, after the book's already been published and it's out there, Ooh. He's upstairs. I'm downstairs. I don't know what I'm doing. All of a sudden, I just hear, Karen! And I'm like, what? He's like, you told him about the sex tape! And I was like, maybe? And he shuts the book, and he's like, I was trying to support you. He's like, but I can't read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fair enough. I was like, just don't. He's like, this is where I draw the line. Yep. This is it. Yeah. Oh he's goodness. like, is your mom going to read this? I was like, nope. Same thing. She drew the line. I'd said you could read the first seven chapters because that's, you know, right. my youth, it's puberty, it's periods, yeah. it's kind of like benign, you know. And then she was flipping through and she saw the chapter about Myrtle Beach mm. and she started reading it. She's like, oh, I remember when she went to Myrtle Beach in my senior year of high school. Ooh. She right quick realized why I told her not to read it, closed it, and was like, I just don't want to remember her like that. I'm just going to remember her as my sweet, innocent daughter. I was like, good yeah. idea. So talking about having your close relatives exposed to such, you know, intimate information. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the day your kids are old enough to pick it up and read it? I hope they won't want to <laughs> read it. That is kind of my hope. Um, and I guess I'm torn, right? Because there was a part of me obviously writing this book where they knew you're not allowed to read mommy's book. Right. But they snuck up behind me one time and they saw the chapter about my period. And I just, I didn't know they were behind me reading what was on my laptop. And all of a sudden you hear, oh my gosh, was your vagina really bleeding? And I was like, yeah, it's called a period. And so we had a whole discussion about what periods are. 
So now they understand that and it's not taboo. Right. You know, they'll talk about tampons or whatever. And, you know, my hope is that they see a girl in mm-hmm. class who has gotten their period and they give her their hoodie and go yeah. wrap this around your waist and give it back to me later. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to do that in my head. Like, that's the kind of boys I want to be raising, you know, who don't see these things as right. gross or whatever. So I want them to have those realizations. You know, I want them to understand age appropriate when they're older, that if you're with a woman, it's not about you getting off only, right? Everybody needs to get off. Everybody needs to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to be experiencing pleasure. And your little jackhammer moves for three minutes and then done. (laughs) It's not going to cut it. So get it together, boys. That is amazing. So obviously we're not having those discussions yet because they're so, you know, they're so young. They're 11 and 13 now. So... We're not there yet, but so for part of me is like, yes, read it. And then the other part of me is like, you do not need to know these things about your mother. I don't think you want to know these things about your mother or your dad because, you know, obviously he's in half the book. Uh, So I don't know. We'll see what they yeah, what they think when they get older. Well, if you want my opinion, um, I do, (laughs) which I didn't ask for, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I love it. I I think they will benefit from reading this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it makes you human. And um, it really shows everything that their mother had to go through for them to be here. Mm. Oh, yeah, especially the pregnancy chapters. I'm like, y'all need to read those birth stories. Yes, (laughs) it's intense. Um, Yeah. You know, and uh, for any man, you know, um, obviously this is like if you're a woman, no brainer, pick it up. You're going to have a great time reading it. Yeah. But if you, you know, if you're a a man and like you're, you know, you're getting ready to get married, you have a girlfriend, whatever the case may be. You want to know more? <laughs> Pick up this book. Yes. Um, because it's yeah. There's just so much that someone can get away with um, and learn about. Which you're like, well, I mean, it's common sense, but like you said uh, earlier, it's really not. We no. don't talk about it at all. Right. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to ask you, or not ask you. Um. Sorry, honey, you're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> Um, one story that really had me rolling was, um, Peanut, your doggy. Oh, yes. Of course. Um, so in our house, we're dog people, very much so. And, um, you talk about how Peanut really likes to get intimate or be in that. Not, we're not doing bestiality here. not that, sorry. (laughs) He wants to be in the zone when his people are looking yes. for some romance. Yeah. And that had me rolling. He's like hilarious. the ultimate cock blocker. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Like the second we start kissing or we'll start getting intimate, he's like up in my grill. And I'm like, can you, can, no, get the dog out of here. What is he doing? But yeah, yeah, we have some pretty funny stories of him just like popping in places he shouldn't be. Oh my gosh, that that was so funny. Yeah. And so relatable. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyone yeah. who has a pet, I yeah. think has experienced this. You just have like a creepy stare just right. looking. Right. It's yeah. Like no. about your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what advice do you have for anybody who is thinking about becoming a writer? Mm-hmm. Who's thinking about diving into this adventure? Oh gosh. I mean, the, the off the cuff it's like you know the old nike adage like just do it yeah right <laughs> like i didn't know what i was doing 
I didn't have a writing background. So I think there's a lot of things and narratives that we tell ourselves mm. like, well, well, I can't do that because I've never done it before. Or that's yeah. probably really hard. How will I even figure it out? And the reality is you're smart, brilliant, talented, like you will figure it out. You know, if I can do it, you can do it. So that's like the short answer, like just do it. But I think the other thing is like, just write the book. It, write it and then don't worry worry about everything else later mm -hmm. because so many people ask me well how do you start a book and i'm like what do you mean like you just put words on a piece of paper like you don't have to be so prescriptive about it right. um i didn't write the book in order so yes the book goes chronologically from when i'm about five to just about 40 but i would be like oh there was that time that you know i had my son i'm gonna write that story today and I would just write it. And then I'd be like, oh, remember that time I got the bikini wax in Miami? Like, okay, like write that story. And then I was able to go back later and like string them all together and fill in the gaps and be like, well, I don't have anything from this period to this period. What happened? Go back and think about it. Oh, come up with a story to put in. Right. But if you are trying so hard to be like, I need this amazing opening or I need this amazing like bridge, you're just going to stress yourself out and you're going to end up walking away from it. I mean, that's the editing process, you know? Right. So really just dive in and just start putting things on paper and your first draft is going to suck. It's going to suck so bad. Mine was horrible. <laughs> it, I'm not even kidding you. I really, I have it on my laptop in like a Google Drive. So I really should break it out and just read it sometime for someone and like put it on my Instagram or something. But Maybe when you start your podcast. Yeah. Oh, there you go. No Maybe we're, we're manifesting that, yeah, I guess, today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, it was like, I went here. Then I did this. Then mm -hmm. he touched me here. Then I did that. And it was like so bad. But after I did that, like, it was like, just get the ideas on paper. Now right. I can go back and craft Break a story. Right. Yes. Right. It's so much easier once you have something to work with than sitting there and staring at a blank page being like, I need to create genius. Like, yeah. no, just go in knowing you're creating crap and you will turn it into genius later. I love that. Oh, I'm glad yeah. that was helpful. Because it, I, it does feel like, right, especially I'm assuming because I am not a writer, um, for a first time writer, it must be so intimidating, right? Yeah. Just, like everything that comes out has to just be like genius level. Yeah. You know? um, and I remember when my editor was like, you need a website. You have to start building a platform mm -hmm. because nobody buys memoirs from people they don't know. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Like you See, buy. I never even thought of that. <laughs> right. So like you yeah. buy a memoir about Madonna or Britney Spears or the, you know, Kardashians or whoever, because you're like, ooh, I want to know more about their life. They're interesting yeah. to me. Right. Nobody knows Karen Freeland. So no one's like inherently like, oh, I've got to pick up this book. But he was like, you got to start building a following. And I'm like, what do I even put on a website? Like, do I call myself an author? I've never made money from a book before. So it was really hard for me. And I had this like language, like a budding young author, like coming out of her shell with her tell breakout tell-all memoir. And, you know, like... I, but I had to use that language because I was just not comfortable being like, I'm an author. I hadn't made money from it yet. But once I started to own the title and I started to get more comfortable with saying like, no, I'm an author. You know what? I'm an award-winning author. That's like, right. You know? And it it's awkward at first, but once you get used to saying it, it's just, it feels so good and everyone can get on board. They're like, yeah. oh, you're an award-winning author. Well, now I want your book. It's like, yeah. 
Well, speaking of awards, yeah. how did that how did that make you feel the first time you heard the book was being awarded? So it's won a couple of different awards from BookFest and Reader's Favorite and but this last award and why I'm here in Miami this week was the Reader's Favorite 2022 book contest for the humor comedy genre for nonfiction. I got the gold medal. And I'm sitting at my kitchen. I was doing work for my my life coaching business and I see this text come through and it's like, log in now to see who won. And I was like, should not even be saying that out loud, but I was like, probably not me. I'm like, I'll check later. (laughs) And I'm just working on my laptop, doing my thing. About an hour goes by and I go, I'm like, all right, let me go check and see what I got. And I go, I look at the page, I was like, gold? I'm jumping all over the house. I'm screaming. I'm texting my husband. I went, took right to um, Facebook with this like super authentic, like, ah, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what just happened. I got the gold medal. I'm freaking out, like jumping around my kitchen. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like it's happening. Like people are starting to really recognize this book for what it is. And it just feels like surreal. It very feels well deserved. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. It feels like a big payoff because I have spent so much time, energy, money. I mean, all of it has been invested in this this wonderful mm-hmm. book. Um, but you know, when you're when you don't have thousands of sales, you know, like you know, a yeah. day flying off the shelves, you're not on the New York sellers best time list. Like you're like, hmm. Like, is this happening? Is this going to work? What's going to come of this? You know, did I waste my time? Did I, was this a foolish investment? And, you know, you have those thoughts, but I try to always catch them really quick and be like, I wrote a book. Like, if nothing else, I can say I wrote a book. And that is an amazing accomplishment. So, you know, I'm just seeing where it takes me and enjoying the ride. Well, I, I think that that's not going to be the last award this book Thank is going to get. Um, and it's so interesting that you, you're a life coach, right? Um, but yet, I would have expected this book to be more of, here's how you do this. Right. Here's how you get your shit together, you know? Um, and there was none of that, Mm-mm. which I I loved. I love that. Um was that natural or did you were you aware like oh i could you know go down that road or yeah i think probably it was natural at the beginning because when i started the book i wasn't a life coach yet good point yeah and then i think there was a tendency towards the end to want to try to do some of that but i really wanted to also honor one of the things that we talk about in life coaching, which is everybody has a different belief system. My belief system is different than yours, different than the people watching, like, and that's okay. And we can all coexist. So like, I want to let people take from this book what they want to take from it, what means something to them. So I really tried to strip out any of that voice Mm -hmm. and not really directing people to think one way or the other. Well, I can see why you're such a successful coach. Because, um, yeah, there, there wasn't that, like, I know better. Mm-hmm. Um, here, let me help you, kind of, which I think is great, sometimes even necessary. Yeah. Um, but in a setting like this, it was nice that it was just, this is life. Yeah. 
That's going to be my second book, though. But it won't be about my vagina, but it's going to be a motivational (laughs) book to really help show people ways that you can start to reinvent yourself. So, yeah. I'm very excited for that. Thank you. Um, That's extremely necessary, especially the times we're living in when everyone's just, you know, uh, questioning, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're maybe they're stuck. They feel like they're stuck in a a certain job situation or career mm-hmm. and it's hard to let go yeah i can totally um relate and see how that's very necessary yeah i think covid has changed that a lot for people yeah people it are definitely really... gave us perspective mm-hmm. on how we're living our lives mm-hmm. definitely yes. yeah um so as we wrap up i um i want to ask you what you think of miami now since <gasps> since your days here yeah well it's so different i mean it has grown so much right? this was 20 years ago that i was here so it's been a long time i lived in coconut grove so a lot of my time was spent there in coral gables when i used to work at houston's now hillstone <laughs> um and so I, it's hard to judge but like when I lived here, coming downtown was like, you only came down between like nine and five. Well, you had to. Yes. Yeah. And then you got out because at night it was pretty sketchy and not the best area. Right. And now I'm hearing that downtown is like where it's at yeah. and it's thriving and it's growing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's just changed so much. Right? Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely getting up there right mm-hmm. in people's radars like yes. we went from just being like that beach place that right. you go to to now being a legitimate city it feels like yeah 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 so. it makes me excited you know and i got off the plane and i was like why did we ever move the weather is just the best ever so beautiful yeah. it's a nice escape from the cold even though i'm in south carolina it's very cold there right now in the north so uh, it's just been so fun to be back and have a mojito because, you know, they don't make them right up north. So <laughs> I had two last night at the bar and was like, these are the best mojitos I've had in years. Oh, my gosh. That's well, maybe now you guys will come back more often since you're closer. Oh, yeah. We got to bring the kids. They've never been. They've never been. No. Oh, my gosh. I know. So we got to do a family trip. Yeah. They're in for a treat. Yeah. And now sure. that we have someone that we know and they can yes. play with your kids. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it a thing. We'll yes. Make it a, that would be awesome. That would be great. Um, and you mentioned that you are thinking about a second book. Yeah. Do you like know more or less like time-wise? Hard to say because I'm debating whether I want to self-publish again or if okay. I want to go more of a traditional route. So, you know, there's things to consider. Self-publishing, you make more money. Traditional publishing, you have a big name behind you. Right. They help you with more of the marketing. I mean, you still have to do a lot of marketing on your own. But right. it just gives you a little bit more val- um, validity, I think, in the market. So we'll see. So if any agents are listening, call <laughs> <Definitely>. me. Definitely. <laughs> um, would you... Um, advice someone to go the self-publishing route? Did you have a good experience? I did. I mean, I had a great experience. I had a great team. Um, It was expensive and I probably spent more money than you need to spend. But like I said, because the topic could go south so fast or not be classy, like I just... I needed to, I wanted to make sure that it was absolute perfection. Not a single typo, not a, like nothing, you know? So... That's why I put so much money into it. But yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to figure it out when, you know, I did Ingram Spark. So I was able to get into stores and distribution. And so that's been amazing. That's awesome. Do you, would you 
ever see this book being like a TV show or yes did um, you know that I have like a treatment I have like a 10 episode treatment written for a TV show no but I need a producer so if you know because that's what I that's what I kept thinking about as I was reading I'm like oh my Mm -hmm. gosh this is so funny I would love to watch a sitcom of this stuff yeah yeah um, and and you really struck that balance between like again I feel like I'm repeating myself between being funny and refreshing, and tackling some mm-hmm. serious serious topics. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. well, from your mouth to God's ears, I hope so because that would be a dream. I mean, that would be such a dream come true, or even a movie. But I I do think episodic TV would be really yes. funny. Um, but yeah, I want it all. As as you should, <laughs> as you should. Well, this was so fun. Thank yes. you so much for sharing with us, and um, we are so excited to to be able to spread the word um, with you about this book. I obviously highly, highly recommend it. I can't stop raving about it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I can see why the book is so fun. You are, you know, such a a light, like fun oh. person. I love it. Um, so. For your the website, yes. the link to the book, all of that will be linked down below. So, awesome. um, for those of you interested, and you are very active on Instagram, yeah. So you guys should hop over and say hi, and um, give Karen a follow, and you know, ask her all your questions and all that good stuff. Yes, I do actually respond to my messages, so feel yeah. free to reach out and connect. And if I can help anyone, either on their author journey or with life coaching, just let me know. Glad to support you. Absolutely. So as always, thank you to everybody who's listening and watching or um, or either one. Um, you know, as we say, time is the top currency. So we are so grateful that you chose to spend it with us. And we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.